Welcome to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Welcome back to the show. It's Phil here as usual, and I'm coming to you as also as usual from Dogtown, St. Louis. Thank you again for tuning back in. Um, Yeah, I'm back in St. Louis. The last episode came from Florida. I was hanging out there watching as many games as I could catch, which ended up just being two, but two really great ones. I got to experience the new Orlando City Stadium. Uh, It's gorgeous. A lot of really just beautiful things happening there. I think a lot of us got to see that opening day game. And um, yeah, it was it was really nice in there. The the wall is is really great. The um, the flag, the gay pride flag seats uh, is a really cool addition to that in honor of the um, the massacre that happened there in Orlando. So um, just a really cool environment there as well. You can tell everyone's really excited. It was it was me in the press, and then um, there were a few hundred VIP type people there. Um, I was you know within arm's reach of the owners and and different people. So it was just interesting to be there among the media and the VIPs. I uh, got to see people like Kyle Aaron and. Uh, um, of course, Kaka up close. Uh, a lot of the St. Louis FC guys were just, you know, not starstruck during the game, but but you know they were very proud of the fact that they got to kind of go up. Several of them got to go up against Kaka and and uh, even just to play on the same field Kaka was on uh, in the first half. They got to play in the second half. Uh, you could hear some of the young guys kind of sounding excited about it. Um, who can blame them? I'd be super excited. I was just excited to be so close to him in general. So. Um, yeah, really great to see that kind of stuff. Um, really lucky to be able to get in there. And, and thanks again to Orlando City for allowing me to go in there. Uh, I think I was the lone St. Louis guy and, you know, my, my credentials aren't that good. And so it was really cool of them to kind of accept me and let me come in to uh, document the game for St. Louis as well. Um, also, you know, I got to see Breck Shea um, hours before he was let go. So, or not let go, but traded. Um, but, you know, they, they got rid of a guy that was almost a staple of their club uh, right from the get-go there. So um, that was really interesting. Literally took some pictures of him um, hours before he was uh, traded. So, yeah, it was a great night overall. I got to meet um, a guy. It was really interesting to meet. Um, there's a guy in Orlando City, and I know I'm going to get to interview him in the near future or maybe even the distant future. I think he'll hang around long enough that he'd be willing to talk to me. But um, interestingly enough, the logo for Orlando City Soccer Club was created by a St. Louisan, uh, a transplant. I think he's been there for a long time, 10 years or maybe even more, a lot more than that. But he came up, he, he follows the podcast, and he kind of introduced himself. He um, was watching for a photo, and I happened to take a photo. It was kind of unlike me, but I took a photo of myself. And so he came right up after the game, introduced himself, and, and we went and had a couple beers, talked about St. Louis and MLS and a lot of other things, just St. Louis and Orlando, um, talking soccer all night long. So had a really good night. That really capped off the great night. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to remind you guys, I have uh, several interviews um, that are coming from IMG. And today's, I'm, I've, I've waited too long to kind of tell you about this, but here it is. This is the episode today. Um, we're going to do a little bit of an update here in the beginning here. And we're going to also get an interview from assistant coach for St. Louis FC, Tim Leonard. Um, maybe my favorite interview of the week, just because it was really enlightening to hear him talk about Dale Shilley and Precky and the team in the last 
three years since its inception. He's been there all around, all along as a coach. So a guy that talks to the players and deals with the front office as well. So, um, yeah, we get to hear his story and, and a few of his ideas and opinions of, of where the team stands right now. Um, and then I get my first sit down with Precky himself. So, um, hopefully, you know, the Precky interview is a pretty normal one. Um, you'll, I'll explain when we get to it, but I wanted to let you guys know what was coming. Uh, but that's it um, as far as prep. Let's jump right into uh, all the update stories that I have for you today, and here they are. Our first story is the signing of Nevada-born Christian Valeski. He's a forward, and he was officially signed by St. Louis FC on Monday. Uh, some reinforcements in the forward group there. Uh, Christian was recently released by Sporting KC. He was given a chance by them after scoring last year 20 goals and 50 appearances. That's actually a couple seasons for Rochester Rhinos. Um, adding, um, sorry, this is actually Jeremy Allenbaugh was quoted as saying, adding Christian to St. Louis FC is an opportunity to, to once again add someone who has won a USL championship, again, which is great. We're looking for someone like that. He continues, his experience in the USL and especially the Eastern Conference will help us in our pursuit of the playoffs in 2017. You like hearing that, right, from the GM. Pursuit of playoffs, we've heard that a few times with the OC Blues guys and a few other players that played for Sacramento Republic as well. Looking for guys with playoff experience. Well, here's a guy with championship experience with Rochester. So um, a guy who's um, heard different things about it, but um, I'm going to actually be on the Eastern Conference Confidential fellow BGN um, podcaster, um, but I'm going to be on that tomorrow night. We're going to record. I'm not sure when it'll post, but I intend to talk to uh, Brendan Darty, who covers Rochester Rhinos. Um, ask him all about Christian. Already, he was a little worried that we might pick him up and score a few on Rochester. So that's a good sign, I think. Um, but I've heard some some questionable things about him as well. So uh, look forward to that in the future. But here's a few more facts about him. Um, he's very familiar with this area. He went to SIUE, played there for three seasons after going to somewhere in Denver, actually, first. Uh, but he's a welcome addition. We need some striker depth. And at worst, he'll be there to push Angulo and Petosevich. Um, for time. So that'll be a good thing. Who knows? He might even pull ahead of those guys in the roster lineup. But um, yeah, we we had those two, uh, Petosevich, Angulo, Seth Rudolph, um, Jordan Rideout is a trialist. But I think um, I want to say that Christian slips right into the third kind of third on the depth chart at this point and, and could easily work his way up from there. Um, so at least uh, he'll be here pushing for a spot and also pushing the other two to do their very best every practice uh, to keep their spots. Um, and in the announcement video, Christian actually said that he loves Precky's style of soccer. He likes pushing forward in the press and he enjoys keeping the ball on the ground. So it sounds like he's a good fit, which was my only question uh, about him when I first saw, um, I think, SoccerSTL.net, um, maybe was the first one I saw that announced that he was dropped by Sporting Kansas City and that he went to SIUE. And ever since then, um, you know, it's obvious. I, I kind of trolled on Twitter saying I've been calling this um, and that was nothing but a but a 
you know, uh, tongue-in-cheek trolling there uh, because it's pretty obvious when you see a guy who went to SIUE that had the caliber of uh, playing on an MLS side possibly and scoring 20 goals uh, for uh, Rochester Rhinos, a team like that in USL. He's proven on that level. Um, it's kind of obvious that he's going to at least be given a call from Jeremy or someone else from our front office. So happy to have him as well. Moving on, former St. Louis goalkeeper Mark Pace has spent much of the preseason with MLS side Toronto FC. He's been the unofficial third keeper for them in preseason. Uh, but yesterday it was announced that he was um, in the roster additions for T2. That's Toronto 2. Um, I personally, personally look forward to seeing Mark in action when St. Louis FC faces him. That'll be in Toronto on August 30th. And uh, definitely, as always, Mark is a great guy. We, I personally wish him all the best in the future, even facing us. I'll, I'll take a few good saves from him uh, if it makes him look a little better. All right. Next story in, in uh, somewhat aging USL news. Um, these five teams, Rochester Rhinos, Richmond Kickers, Harrisburg City Islanders, Charleston Battery, and Pittsburgh Riverhounds have all joined together to create a regular season, quote, cup uh it's to highlight it's there to kind of highlight the history of some of the usl originators that are still around playing um obviously expansion has become an annual thing in usl and so perhaps these old guys are feeling a little left out and they want to highlight the fact that they've been around for a pretty long time some people have taken this as a bit of snobbery but um call me a sucker for history and nostalgia but Man, I like this. I think it's really cool that they're all uh, going to play each other. And, and basically all this means is nothing's changing schedule-wise. No one's adding any games. But they're going to take all the games that the five of them play against each other in preseason. I want to say they all play each other twice. And uh, they just kind of add up the the wins, losses, ties, and, and goal differentials. And um, the guy with the best score in the end um, wins the, what is it called? They win the Old Guard Cup is what it's called, actually. So, yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, and I, I look forward to seeing who wins every year. Lastly, I wanted to highlight the fact that uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies have made a really, really prestigious signing. Uh, that signing is former Wolfsburg and Ge uh, German international player. He's a left wing back for them, Marcel Schaefer. Uh, now, Schaefer's 32, kind of aging, as you would expect, but not that old considering he's a defender. Um, and he played for Wolfsburg so many times um, that he set a Bundesliga record for most appearances by an outfielder, um, an outfield player. So that means anyone who's not the goalkeeper. And um, that was at 256 appearances since 2007 for Wolfsburg. So um, it's not just a random Bundesliga player because that's news in itself, in my opinion. But the guy was with Wolfsburg when they um, when Wolfsburg beat... Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga Cup. I don't, I don't know the actual word for that, but they won the Bundesliga 1. And he played in every single match that year, so it's not like he was riding the bench half the time. He was one of their mainstay players that year, and they took out Bayern Munich. That's a big deal, considering, uh, as we all know, Bayern Munich puts a lot of time and money into their players and, and tend to be on top pretty much every year. So... Not only that, during that good run, he got some time with the German, um, the German national team. Um, so yeah, this is a major player. Yes, he's getting a little old, but it's not just some like kind of good player 
um, that came over to USL. Now, this guy, like you would almost expect him to go to an MLS side, but here he is with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. And so, you know, such a prestigious signing, it kind of raises questions as to the level of spending disparity that may be approaching the USL, if not already here. Uh, we've talked a little about Cincinnati last year, and um, obviously Cincinnati this year, Tampa, Tampa Bay, uh, coming from NASL, yes, we thought maybe they would take a step down in spending. Uh, but from what I've heard so far, and hopefully I'm, I'm going to get some more info on this, um, none of these, none of the, you know, the spending records are are public to us in USL. But um, you know, hopefully we can kind of get more details here. But you know, Tampa Bay and Ottawa both have not really taken a step down from NASL. You know, they were Division Two last year. We were Division Three, and now our Division Two here in USL. They've joined us, and they're not spending any less. They're keeping that NASL level going, as far as we can tell so far. Uh, so, you know, stick with us as usual, and we're going to keep talking about that and kind of finding out. And obviously, as games start occurring, we're going to figure out whether this money spent makes a difference at all, or maybe it will. Um, maybe the growing disparity between the guys spending tons of money and not spending a ton of money um, is going to start showing its its difference. So um, another good team to watch is Phoenix Rising. Uh, they've been spending a ton of money this year too. So a good kind of start to the experiment to kind of find out whether it is going to make a big difference in USL. Again, it may not. I'm also kind of curious to see, uh, maybe try to find out whether St. Louis is or is not part of that disparity. Uh, kind of have a feeling we, we, we get into maybe the upper middle class area of USL, if you will. So, yeah, again, we may never know, but I'm going to do my best to dig up some of that information and, and talk to my colleagues at BGN here. Okay. That's it for me. You're going to hear a short break here, and then I get to talk to assistant coach again. This is Tim Leonard coming up with an interview, and um, yeah, this is, like I said, I think this is my favorite interview from uh, from Florida, and he says some really interesting things, and then I'll, I'll be talking a little bit about that and kind of prepping you for the Precky interview following it, so enjoy this interview with Tim Leonard. I was able to catch up with Tim Leonard, uh, the under 17s just played us and uh, came out on top, one to two. And uh, how'd you feel about the the game today? You know, I thought we started the game well. Um, guys got on the ball. He had a good tempo in the first 30 minutes, and then you could see the physical uh, fatigue kind of settle in. We went through, you know, the Orlando game with a four-hour bus trip up there through through the uh, traffic, and then yesterday we just let them flush out physically. We didn't train; we just did some regeneration to the body and and got them in some ice baths and pool workout. And um, I think it caught up to us about the 55th minute, um, where guys had no legs, they had no energy. Guys that are ultra fit that are off the charts on their GPS and their mileage that they put in this week were just, they couldn't move. So 
we 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 expected a little of that, and then the hottest day of the week also kind yeah. of caught up to him. So happy with the first 30 minutes. Obviously not not pleased with the way we played at the end of the game, but also happy to leave here with the result. Yeah, well let's let's talk about even more in depth why maybe they're that tired. Several you know two weeks straight of practices of training rather. Sure. A game every couple of days, sure. four games in a row. That's a lot of work. And and going from back home where we didn't play a game, mm-hmm. and now you come down here and you're playing every other day, and and it just takes a while to get the body fit and get game fit and get 90 minutes fit. So we expected fatigue at the end of the week. We expected fatigue in all the games after about the 55th, 60th minute. Mm-hmm. That's to be expected from players. But you know, leaving here on the right foot is is important. And now we've got another you know week to train before OK. Tell me a little bit about from the beginning, first day of training to now. What have you seen improvement-wise in gel, you know, gelling as a team? Yeah, I, I, you know, you see the speed of play. You see guys becoming more familiar with tendencies of other players and pockets they like to find, ways they like to receive the ball. You can see just little things improve every day that way. Uh, organizationally, um, you know, we haven't put a first ten together, mm-hmm. so organizationally it's not as solid as we want it to be only because we've mixed and we've intermixed and we've played different inner squad games with different players in t- in in the respective tens so it's hard to say you know come down here and we're going to be ultra organized and in the way we want to play mm-hmm. but it gives us a good indicator of what we need to work on for the next four weeks so i'm um- Feel free to say, I can't say, but we haven't had a starting 10 perhaps yet. I actually assume maybe Orlando was the closest thing we saw to that, but not quite necessarily starting 10. No, it, it's uh, it's still a work for that particular game, of course, but we're still working through what that 10 is going to look like on our first game. Yeah, way too early to say, way right? Too early. Yeah. Way too early. All right, cool. Well, I definitely, before uh, we went, I wanted to definitely talk to you about really the last year and a half or so mm-hmm. for you because you've come a long way. You've mm-hmm. done, a, you've filled a lot of different roles. Sure. Um, so tell me about that. Tell me, we'll start with just what it's been like and mm-hmm. then and we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, at the initial point when I took over for Dale, obviously an emotional roller coaster for me working under a guy for, for two years and then stepping in and, and kind of being the driver, not the passenger. Um, it was a little bit of a change through that, but now, you know, with Precky coming in, and he's a guy I grew up watching and, and played against a couple times and um, have just had the utmost respect for him as a player. And to see him work and to watch the level of detail and, and the things that he sees and just how quick-brained he is, uh, it's quite impressive. And I'm really excited to just learn from a guy who's been there, done that. and. Nothing really rattles Precky. Um, he's very—he's an emotional guy. Don't get me wrong, but nothing really rattles him on a soccer field that he hasn't seen before and been a part of before. So, I'm excited to watch that experience work, learn from him, and, and take things from him day in, day out. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good opportunity for you as well. Um, that's good to hear, though. I like—I like that comparison of emotional, perhaps up and down, but nothing stuns him you know he's been around for a while hasn't he yeah absolutely uh, like, like I said a, a very emotional guy very intense in his training sessions very intense in his film sessions very demanding but at the same time very calm very uh, relaxed done there you know like I said been there done that played at the highest levels so it's good to learn from a guy like that yeah and speaking of learning um, you're not you know 
You'd be a, a bad coach, a, a, a bad learner, a bad student, perhaps, if you didn't learn from Dale as well. Absolutely. So obviously our system now, perhaps a 180 from our previous system. Sure. But you're the one, or, you know, you and the three players we still have here in, in training with us are three or four of the guys that can experience both. Absolutely. So, um, so talk about the difference in that, and, and especially if we're not tactically minded in soccer, maybe give us layman's terms, kind of the difference in, in that. I think, um, I think the difference between maybe Dale's, Dale's era and, and now the Precky era may be what I said, is that, that demand, that um, because a guy who's put that much work into his craft for that long only demands the highest. And look, he's played at a higher level than I have. He's obviously played at a higher level. Anybody sitting at probably in that cafeteria, Dale. Dale was a, a, a very a guy you wanted to play for because you cared about Dale. Mm. Precky is a guy you want to play for because he demands that respect and he demands that you play at the level that he thinks on. Mm. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a different way of going about coaching. I think Dale was a player's coach, so to speak. Not to say that he's not. He, he, he is very close with his players. He's in tune with everything going on in the locker room. But he just has that demand because guys know what he's done. And guys know he's played in the World Cup. And guys know he's played at 40 years old as the MVP of the MLS. <laughs> so it's not a, a respect that you have to gain. You have it when you walk in day one. Yeah. Those are all really great points. Let's, let's just finish up with this. Uh, again, kind of a layman's terms explanation. Not everyone knows the difference between the job of a head coach every day or a, a manager and the assistant. So what, are you, what do you see your role as on this team and, and if it's different maybe between last year and this year or not? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a little different in, in terms of the video sessions, the training sessions, the day-to-day uh, -day operations of the team the relationships I have with the players. It's just, Precky gives me freedom to, to speak and to throw, a, throw something at him that he may not see or something that we've done different in the past. And he's, he's a guy that's willing to learn from, from things that I've done in the past through the academies, hmm. on the training field. He, 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 he's open to me. He's, he's given me days to just, to just run with. So it's a comfort level that I wasn't expecting to come this soon. Um, and I'm, I'm really happy with the way it's gone so far. You know, Dale, Dale and I worked hand in hand. I, 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 the way to explain it is we were under a lot of pressure. Let's just put it that. Let's just be blunt with it. Yeah. Dale, Dale felt the pressure. He knew the pressure was there. You can't hide from that. Game, game by game, you can't. So what he brings is a little more stability, a little more confidence, a little more, okay, this is going to be okay. Trust me, guys. Yeah. Trust me. I've, I've done the highs and lows of this week, don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. We've got four weeks to prepare. Louisville's a ways away. We'll be okay. Calming presence. Very calming. And, and it's, it's, it's good to have around because the last two years have been quite nerve-wracking, sure. as you can imagine. Interesting. That's all really great stuff. Tim, yeah. thank you so much for talking to me. Anytime. Appreciate it. Thank you. Really, really good stuff there from Tim Leonard. Uh, he joined me outside of IMG, um, outside the cafeteria. So yeah, it's noisy. And uh, speaking of that, that's we're about to listen to me talking to Precky inside the cafeteria. I was told I could talk to him, and that's where he was. And he didn't really seem to want to boot a budge. So uh, we talked there. It's noisy, but you know, I got to talk to Precky, and I got to ask him a few things. Um, that said, the Precky interview is nothing like. 
outstanding or crazy. It's more like a post-game interview because, again, it was just, you know, we're not alone in, a, in an air, quiet area where I can get a good recording. We're just kind of right there. I have a phone up to his face, and um, I just kind of ask him questions about preseason. Um, I did fit in a question about the forward situation, and again, that was that was before we got Christian Velowski, but, you know, still an issue, something. Um, but, you know, more to get out of this. And I wrote an accompanying piece for exactly these two interviews that you can find at stlsoccerreport.com. It's really short, easy read. But, you know, more that I got out of this was, you know, Precky seemed almost disinterested and didn't want to be there. And and that may or may not be true. But more so, the guy really is calm. It really cements what Tim Leonard was was telling me in this interview you just heard that, you know, he, he's he's not bothered by certain things. He's, he's been around. He knows what's what's going on. And he's nowhere near panicking. Um, and it's just so obvious in his body language and in the way his voice sounds in this interview that that's the case. And so, um, yeah, check out this interview. It's it's just further proof of, of what we've all kind of just heard from Tim and, and what I wrote about online. And um, again, or not again, but next after that, actually, I forgot to tell you about it at the beginning, but it's kind of a little bonus footage. Um, It was bonus for me because I didn't expect to run into him there, but I was hoping to. Um, I ran into Sam Fink just soaking in a tub, an ice tub, and um, it was on the spot, quick, you know, I just kind of threw out some questions, the first ones that came to my mind and uh, asked him those things and and got out of there as fast as I could because I felt a little awkward, so... um, he was super nice as expected. So yeah, check in, stay in for that at the end there. Uh, but next up first is Preki and me in the cafeteria. It's a little loud, but, but do enjoy if you can. All right. I'm joining Preki, the coach for St. Louis FC. Uh, I'm getting to talk to him for the first time. We're in the IMG Academy cafeteria. Uh, Preki, let's just start with the easy stuff. How do you feel about the team and, and their, uh, training this week? A mixed feelings uh, throughout a week uh, in terms of the performances, uh, but in the same time we stacked up too many games too close, and uh, um, in some cases uh, fatigue uh, might uh, might have been the the factor why we uh, haven't been very consistent uh, in terms of our performances, but not in terms of our mentality. Our mentality has been pretty good throughout the whole preseason. Um, the group is working extremely hard uh, and they, they are trying to, uh, to um, take all the information that we're given uh, when it comes to playing and the way we want to play. Yeah, and it's a big turnaround, a big difference for the few players that came from the previous team. Um, can you talk about teaching these guys? How does it work? And, and you've only had a few weeks. How, how long does it take to, to kind of get the system down? It doesn't, it doesn't for sure take two weeks, three weeks. It's yeah. a long process. Um, it all depends on them. How quickly can they adapt? How quickly can they take all the information and put them into a play? That, that's basically it. We did play a lot of games, but um, you know we've gotten to play some in, some good teams, some talented teams so far. Was it? Do you like the fact that we got to play MLS sides and uh, a team like Ottawa Fury? Yeah, and uh, uh, a 
in all honesty, we didn't embarrass ourselves. I, I thought uh, our performance is uh, pretty decent. Uh, I would, I'd like to see him. They would uh, actually the, the moments in the games, in periods of the games, have been very good. Now, how can we uh, those moments? Uh, how can we make those moments for longer period of time? And, and obviously, that's our uh, job of the I mean, coaching staff to, to make sure that those moments get extended. Yeah, and, and when that's coming with time. It's early. Uh, I'd like to ask you about the academy kids, especially. Um, you've obviously got a good eye for talent. We've already been able to tell that this year and as well as your previous years. But, um, you know, Mateo Kidd is someone that I heard you found pretty early and pointed at. And uh, it looks like he's doing pretty well. Can you talk about him and the other kids? Well, the, the, the kids are doing a pretty decent job. Um, we're going to see. Uh, we put them in an environment and trying to teach them what it is to be a pro every day, what it takes to be a pro. And so far, uh, the moments, are, like I said, have been some decent, some not so decent. And, uh, and uh, you know, hopefully throughout the preseason and throughout the year, uh, they'll be able, you know, to get better and better and, and catch up with some of these uh, professional players and, and hopefully uh, put us in a position that we have to think about and put him on the field. But at the moment, they're not ready. That's good to hear, uh, but that's a good goal to have. Finally, uh, maybe the hardest question, um, forwards. Um, do we have maybe more that you're kind of keeping? You've been able to pull guys from all over. We still have MLS cuts coming. Is that something you're keeping an eye on? Are you pretty happy with where we are? Well, we're, we're pretty, pretty happy where we are. We might get another piece or so, but at this moment, I don't know. So we're always uh, looking, we're always listening, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. And we've even seen a couple players from move from the midfield to kind of help out in the attack. We'll see. Like I said, it's a preseason. Uh, we're trying different things. We're looking at different things. We're looking at players in different positions. So just a normal process. We're still a month away from our season, so we're not budging. We're, we're, we're okay. I like that. Calm. I just heard about your calming presence in the team, so I'm, that's good to hear. Um, like you said, one more month. What are your goals in the next month? We've got to tune up some of these things. Uh, like I said, in, in a lot of these moments, I like a lot what I see. Now, like I said, those moments, uh, they have to be longer, and also they have to be polished as well, because... Um, there's, there'll be a good moments and then final ball won't be as good or cross or shot. So those are all the things that we have to polish and pay attention. And if you do, we'll be okay. Great. Thank you for your time. Sure. Down at IMG and I happen to run across someone taking what looks like an ice bath to me. <laughs> Sam Fink is down here. Uh, Sam, it's really good to run into you, man. How are you doing down here? Doing great. Yeah, it's great to be down in the, uh, the Florida weather. Oklahoma's a lot like St. Louis and then it's cold. Uh, so yeah, great to enjoy the sun. Indeed, yeah, and uh, nice to kind of soak up the good weather before you go back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Fields out here are perfect as well, so can't get much better. No kidding. Now, what do you practice on over in Oklahoma, actually? Is that turf as well, or is it grass? Uh, we have a grass field and we have a turf field. We kind of go back and forth depending on the weather. Um, but before we came here, it was all turf, so 
So tell me, what's it like? What's Man, there's a long list of things we could talk about here, but let, give me some general uh, differences between last year with St. Louis and, and this year with Oklahoma City. Yeah, um, I think it's it's a lot different. Um, the main difference being St. Louis, I was uh, coming in, I was a known commodity by the by the coaching staff, by the the management, everything, because I grew up playing for them. Um, and and home was kind of a fresh start, uh, making a name for myself with you know my teammates, with the coaches, with the to kind of get a fresh start. Yeah, and you're kind of in a position where you have to definitely prove yourself. You've been in that position before, but things kind of fell your way that first season, and uh, man, you played every minute. So, how's it looking in Oklahoma right now? You think you're going to crack the top, the starting eleven? Yeah, we've been, we've been, uh, we've been switching, switching. We got three, three center backs, including myself, um, right now. So we're all kind of battling for for a spot. But um, like you know, like you said, competition is something that I've. I'm used to, and I, I like to think that I thrive in, so I'm excited for uh, for the battle. Cool, man. Well, I don't want to take up much of your time. I was just glad to run into you. Likewise. Best of luck, man. Seriously. Thank you. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, BGN.FM, and STLSoccerReport.com. If you have any questions you'd like read on air, please send them to stlsoccerreport at gmail.com. Thank you for geeking with me.